Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Shuttlepod Podcast. This is episode 111, lucky 111. I'm your host, Kaylee Yacovino, and I'm joined today by Matt Wright. Hey, Caleb. And our good friend from all-access Star Trek fame and beyond, Lori Ulster. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Lori. I can't even list all the things. You're everywhere these days. That's true. I seem to be doing a lot of podcasts. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you know, podcasts. You're referring other guests for podcasts. Yes, now, I'm recommending know. other people and <laughs> yeah. filling the guest slots on other people's podcasts. We're gonna have some brand confusion. People are gonna hear you, you know, come on their car stereo and be like, "Well, I have no idea which Trek podcast this is because it could I, be any one of them." I don't think we're really gonna get to that point. No, <laughs> it's funny, but no, I don't think so. No, yeah. <laughs> I ain't no Dax Shepard, is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool to be on his podcast, I'll tell you. Yeah, very. <laughs> this week, I'm really excited to talk about something that, quite frankly, I can't believe we haven't talked about really on the show yet, which is Star Trek Prodigy, um, one of the multitude of new shows <laughs> is happening now, though it's even... Even though it's still in its first season, which we'll discuss, it's not even that new anymore. It's I mean, when did the first episode even air? I feel like it was like... 2021. Yeah, yeah. October. October this, of last year. This time year. a year ago, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So over a year ago now. Yeah. So we've been living with Prodigy. Um, I have to say it's uh, it's actually my favorite of all the new Trek shows. Same. Yeah, yeah it, you agree? Same, 100%. By the way, I think it was a year. I think it was one day off. A year and one day off that each half of the season premiered. Oh, you're oh. totally right. I think Looking so, Looking at yeah. Alpha, you're totally right. Oh, mm-hmm. and I just knew that off the top of my head. You go, Laurie. Go well, because I make our social media posts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it is my favorite of the five, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm a little torn in a way between sort of what's currently on and, you know what I mean? Like, like what's currently airing, I'm always like, oh, that's pretty good. Like, I enjoy that. But <clears throat> you're right, though, because when Prodigy came back, I was like, ah, OK, I really like this. I like I like the characters, I like the world that it builds. Like, um, so, you know, it's hard for me to pick exactly which one, but it's it's the top one or the top two for me. Maybe lower decks in it trade places for very different reasons. Very, that's it. Right. It's hard to compare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that I mean, the first thing I thought we might talk about and we have so many things we can talk about because we haven't addressed Prodigy at all and there's been so no. much to think about since it's come out and before is like where does Prodigy fit into Star Trek not only amongst the other shows that are currently airing but just Star Trek as a franchise I mean this is the first or second depending on how you look at it uh, iteration of Trek that was designed specifically for kids and obviously yep. the first one definitely at least the first one since 70s yep yep so it's a big deal it's a huge deal. Um, I mean, I, I remember when this, you know, debuted that I was incredibly sort of nervous about what what for kids, quote unquote, <laughs> meant, right? Because this day and age, that can mean a wide variety of things, you know? Like, I mean, if you flip by the average, like, sort of kid-focused cable network or something, you can get a lot of not great stuff <laughs> there are some there are some really excellent cartoons by the way but but you can get a lot of not great cartoons too right so i was like oh no like where are we shooting for and thankfully you know all, uh, we, uh, it took a little of adjustment to figure out sort of get our bearings right the first two-parter is very different feeling and then it starts to become sort of comfortable and familiar you see a starship and eventually it all sort of starts to click and then I wasn't worried at all, you know, by then. But. Yeah, I actually thought when it started that I would sort of uh, tolerate maybe as harsh, but I thought, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it'll be a kids show, and I'll and I'll I'll be like I'll be happy that it's Star Trek and happy that it exists, but I don't think it's for me. And I feel like it's often so uniquely tailor made for me, which is so <laughs> funny because there are just certain yeah. moments of humor. They say certain things that like as a kid, that was my exact humor, but it's just because it's a kid's show. And so it'll be specifically the kind of joke that I would make or have been making my whole life. And then, <laughs> and then I just am emotionally, I got emotionally hooked right yes. away. Yes. And maybe, I mean, I'm like, 
is I sometimes I'm identifying with being the kid and sometimes it's a maternal thing with me mm-hmm. and it goes back and forth. But mm-hmm. I am emotionally deeply connected to this yeah, I, crazy cartoon show that makes me 100%. laugh out loud a million times. hundred percent. I think that's the thing that really sells it is that very quickly you can get invested in these characters. It's yeah. not jokey and, you know, gimmicky. Like you're hundred percent. They're, they're these underdogs basically that you can totally empathize with. Right. And so. And then also the thing is that when you think of kids watching the show, it is the things about Star Trek that got me as a kid is is the in the DNA of this show. Oh, yeah. And as I got older, there were many other things I learned to love about Star Trek and all the different forms of Star Trek. But definitely when I was a kid, what appealed to me was like decent people behaving decently were being smart as respected and cool and Mm -hmm. they actually believe that humanity should always keep trying to do better Mm. really and that and that is i think what prodigy is about in so many ways Mm -hmm. yeah i would agree i think there's a couple of things that strike me that prodigy does really well and one of them is picking up on what you're saying exactly i think which is that um you know you can look at any of these trek shows and say like how how trek does it feel? Is it, does it, does it feel like they're in that universe? Does it, does it have the same visual and audio and character cues that all the other shows have, you know, especially since so much of the franchise is the Berman era where they're so much similar, right? Even visually Mm -hmm. writing, all these things. And so it's like, how do you take these other things and make them Trek? Is it about the ship and the uniforms and Starfleet or anything? And I think with Prodigy, they they can't do it that way because of the nature of the story. But I think they they are very trek in the in the themes that they portray and the way that they portray those. So like you were saying, you know, about um these people that are so positive and always want to be better and like have these good intentions and that it's something worth pursuing. It's like this very um noble noble yeah exactly noble goal of like exploration for exploration's sake and you know meeting new cultures and always trying to do better like leaving a positive mark on the universe and and they're up they do that in between characters i think pretty well especially in these last few episodes in the second Mm -hmm. half of the first season i've really noticed it where they're really having these moments where each character can shine and all the other characters are like yeah, we believe in you. You can do it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And it is a very, like, that's a thing that's typically a kid's show kind of a theme when it's that overt. But it feels great. Like, yeah, who it says, feels earned. Yeah. And it feels like it comes organically from character as opposed <clears throat> to, it's. I don't feel like, here's the lesson they wanted us to learn, even though sometimes it's, you know, love saves the day or whatever it is. <laughs> but but, but I, it doesn't feel like you're being taught a lesson. Or that kids, you know, because I do try, I try to watch it through like one, you know, the kid's perspective as well as mine. Um, But it's also, I don't know, I just feel like there's so much depth to what's going on. That it's not just a surface goal oriented story that they tell. Well, and that's another thing that I have here in my notes thinking about a couple of things that Prodigy does really well is that, like you mentioned that depth, you know, a lot of the the problems that these kids are dealing with are very adult problems and they're tailor made well, they for that character. slave labor. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> but even like, like... <laughs> um, like, um, you know, doll, right. Our main character is, is searching for his identity. And that's something that, you know, it's very more overt in his case. He's like, I don't know what species I am. And I want to figure that out. And I want to find, where I come from, but throughout our lives, even as adults, we're searching for identity, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a very adult thing that he's having to grasp with. And I think, I mean, I'm speaking as an adult about kids, so they can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like kids, appre- I know I did when I was younger, I would appreciate when TV shows would show me those kinds of themes and show people my age in those kinds of adult situations, because that's the reality Kids do have the adult situations to deal with, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So to sh- sh- that makes it more real. And situations with complexity and subtlety, it's not always so 
kids showy like a lot yes. of other shows oh where goodness. they have to i mean again look it's about age group too and this is not for really young kids it's not that it's that they shouldn't watch it but it's target audience yeah i would say it's definitely like tween more tweeny yes, yeah, I was definitely say tween. Like yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah but there's still there's a level of sophistication that's that kids love and want oh yeah i i could tell you that like as if if I was this age range, like sort of thinking backwards, right? I would eat this up. This oh, would God, be exactly, yes. you know, what I wanted in a Trek thing that was for me, but also has the right level of sophistication. Well, do you guys want to dive a bit deeper into specifics here and start talking about what we have so far of the first season? Yes, let's do that. The first season. The first season. So, <laughs> the first half of the first season. Yeah, exactly. As we after the mid season yeah. break, the mid season premieres here. Yeah. I so don't yeah, it. let's talk about that first before we <laughs> before we break down number two episodes because that's like this glaring thing, right? Is I mean, I wonder if even people listening are don't realize that we're currently not in the second season. Right. Because it, didn't, it premiered a year later. Yep. Yeah. And it started with a whole arc resolved and finished yep. and started the next chapter of what their adventure is going to be. Yeah. And I, I still, every once in a while, have to try really hard not to call it season two, you know, when right. we're just chatting amongst ourselves. Because oh, yeah. And, and with new cast members. Sorry, just needed to throw in there also new cast members. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. <laughs> we, finally, we finally get actual Janeway's cat crew. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy LaJamel, baby. <laughs> she hasn't done much though. I'm, I know so I'm far. waiting. I want to hear more. Her. Yeah. But yeah, so the issue with this, you know, we all, if it feels like season two, it smells like season two. It acts like season two. In my limited understanding of how this works in the industry, it's my understanding that in animation specifically, one of the ways of paying teams less, and this is a, a decision made at a top business level, and not a creative team or Alex or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like this there's, is very this is a much, this yeah. is a corporate, corporate mm-hmm. decision with animated series that they call it a season one. And then they are somehow don't have to pay people as much as if it was re-upping contracts for a season two. Right. Oh, is it because of the contract would have changed between seasons and they can renegotiate? I, is that I the deal? I think so. I don't, I don't, I feel like people listening will probably know the details yeah. better than I do, yeah. but I do. Th- it does. It definitely has to do with paying people less. Yeah, it definitely has to do with exactly getting away with paying less. That's that's the reason why. I mean, I don't know how much people follow sort of animation folks on Twitter and stuff, but there was a huge uh, yeah. attempt to really. Uh, there is a union. There are some animation unions, and so there was an attempt to gather you know, unionize more, strengthen their unions because of this very thing is because um, Netflix gets called out, I think, because they're the, you know, 10-ton gorilla or whatever in this whole thing. But they were infamous for, oh, we're going to have you do 20 episodes. Oh, but surprise, we're actually going to split them and we're going to, after the fact, after you've already made them, we're going to call this season two. So they're actually shadier than that, than what's going on here, which is, They'll have someone produce a 20 episode first season under that first season contract. And then when it comes time to put them on the streaming service, they'll be like, surprise, that's season two now. But haven't they already paid those people at that point? Yeah. So they already got their money's worth, but then they don't have to renegotiate. Oh, oh, no, I see what you're saying. It's kind of the opposite of what's happening here. Yeah, it's after the fact. And so I saw a lot of that being called out. Um, So, yeah, animators aren't paid nearly. I mean... I think people probably know this, but animators aren't paid nearly the same as their live action counterparts. Yeah. The writers and it's the the same work. If you're a writer, it's, it's pretty much the same. I mean, yeah, it's the same writing a script. Yeah. I mean, a showrunner is a showrunner. Right. And it's not really fair in that sense, for example, but anyway, so yeah, there's a lot of that that's kind of been brewing in the last couple of years, especially as people cut things, you know, they cut orders of episodes Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, that's just sort of come to light more and more. It's a so. shady business out there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's money. that's that's the business of show for you. Unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But so see, so but that we're still in season one, and we just started the second half of the season. So Kayla, sorry to circle back to where you were <laughs> with season one. Yeah. So 
we thought that since we wanted to kind of dive in and talk more specifics, we like, I know I needed a recap before I started on season, not season two. Um, <laughs> so we thought we'll just like read some of the descriptions. We're going to read the description, the official, unofficial descriptions, AKA memory alpha um, from a moral star part two, which was the mid season finale. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> So where we ended off before a whole year of break. So here's what, what Memory Alpha gives us. <clears throat> In absence of Mr. Drew, I will do my best uh, <laughs> voice with this. Mm. Uh, it's just, this isn't, this isn't going to help us too much. I'll, I'll read a longer summary. Because the, the blurb is just, when the plan goes awry. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's too short. What or plan? you could read part one summary and part two summary together, too. True. Okay, let's... Because that's also just a simple. <laughs> the plan goes awry. The what plan? That's, that's what plan every episode of every show I've ever watched. Okay, know, right? so <laughs> this is this is reminder. I guess the crew. This is Moral Star Part One. The crew forego their dreams of Starfleet to return to Tars Lamora in a known scenario. So that that is kind of what happens at that point. Is they're like we have to go back to Tars Lamora and do a bunch of things. <laughs> well, by the way, like this goes back to like think about the lessons that these kids have already taken up, which is like their first thought is, Hey, maybe, you know what? There's this whole group of like, uh, what do they call them? The abandoned, right? Yeah. The unwanted, right? The unwanted, the unwanted are still left behind. Like, yes, they were the lucky ones that made it out, but that doesn't feel right to leave them there. Hey, the we have this cat great- is well, there. That's right. The little, the but little cat. Also doesn't dreadnought threaten them and to say, we're going to, Oh, you're right. Yeah, right. Dreadnought kind of force Dread forces them to come back because, like, and his so, head comes alive at some point. Ah, I at, forgot all you about You know, that. and yes. then he's like, he sends them a message. It's a terrifying thing because yes. they're all I hanging around. All they're all like hanging around, having a good time, like kids in bunk beds or something. And then all of a sudden, like, the dreadnought head goes off. That's right. Because <laughs> yeah. they previously had decapitated it. Yes. <laughs> in a previous episode. Right. Um, so yeah, and all sort of Terminator-esque, right? It like comes mm-hmm. back to life. and um, But of course, again, they still have the starship, so they could be very selfish and they could choose to just be like, they forget could be like, it, we're out. warp yeah. away. Right. Yeah. But they can't, you and- know, nor, nor should they, and they can't. And so they, they decide, okay, even if this means, you know, sort of sacrificing ourselves, you know, again, the no-win scenario, right? Which was another really fun episode just a couple before this about the Kobayashi. Yeah, movie. that mm-hmm. was a great episode so dal got got us some serious whoop in there he got a serious learning um but it was great you know it, it really helped him and so i think between all that they say well we can't do that we have to turn around we have to go back so they've all grown so much at this point mm-hmm. especially rock just because oh rock she yeah. spent oh. the most time poor, poor rock that's the another heartbreaking thing right is that that episode which was just before this right time amok and Everybody's fr- by the way, awesome episode. I think Brandon Braga would be proud of the time craziness. You know, I it's, think it's, it's it might excellent. be my favorite. Me too. Yeah, I still think it's, it's my favorite. Excellent, excellent, like time anomaly episode. Great sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. It's great sci-fi, and again, like Rock, I was just heartbroken. Yeah, because it was a gut-wrenching episode. Yeah, because too. people are just sort of just the 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 short version is right. People are fractured in time timelines, right? Some are going faster, some are going slower. It's a poor rock is in the slowest of them all, right? And so her, her it's like an eternity. It's like almost years, li- I think. Yeah, and almost she's literally alone. an eternity. She's stuck alone. I don't think they ever said exactly how long it was, but I got no. the impression it was like many years. Yeah, yeah they, like they left it non-specific. Gwen yeah. asks Janeway like how long, and Janeway's like too long. Too yeah. long. And they both yeah. ex- they exchange these looks, and she would like she didn't even have Janeway. Right, like it was just right because her. you're too excel. It's too out of phase to have a hologram right. show up. Yeah, and so yeah, so I mean, it, it, when you figure Rock basically just sat there keeping herself amused and by learning all Science. that she could. Yeah, so which is what she's she wanted like the because, smartest of all of yeah, them. Yeah, which is. is awesome because of course, what was the theme in the first half of that season, especially like the first quarter was oh she's big she must be the muscle and of course that's not what she wants to do that's not right. what she's like at all and, if, and, and so. it also but, is that she is the youngest and i don't necessarily youngest. mean that by age but yeah. sort of mm-hmm. like the youngest soul and the most vulnerable 
Definitely. So to to take her on this accelerated growth path and have her be like, now she's the smartest and she's even better at like engineering, you know, than any of them. So she's like the data now. But um, (laughs) the thing is like, go, but I go back further with her because she's the character. I just, oh, I love her so much. But she, (laughs) when, when the pictures were released, Mm-hmm. I remember like talking to Tony about it on our podcast and saying, look, that big one that looks like a rock that I hope that's a girl because I'm so tired of just skinny girls and that's yeah. a big guy and it looks like it's all guys and whatever. And then when I watched that first episode and the Universal Translator came on and she started talking and I was like, yes, like I was so <laughs> excited. And I feel like every step of the way, like she's big and she looks mean and tough. And she doesn't want to be that, even though she is that, she doesn't want to be that. No. And then she gets all these other qualities and she's the most, she's the sweetest one. Mm -hmm. And she is the youngest, most vulnerable one, but she's also the most caring. Like she looks after Murph Murph, in this, you know, sweet way. So it's, it's just that her evolution, they've all had such evolution and hers is the greatest just because of that episode. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that you even talked about. I, for, I actually forgot that Rock was, you know, what before the translator was this intimidating sort of beast because at this point she's such a like lovey dovey goofball. Like mm-hmm. I just think of her very positively at this point. Yeah. I forgot about that. I think you of know, her as someone like, who needs to be cared for, you know, yes. watched after. I mean, because I'm she's sure it would hurt. I'm sure it would hurt because she's made of rocky stuff, but it would be great. I feel like <laughs> she needs a hug. It's why know? I want the plush rock talk. Like everyone's <laughs> talking Murph, Murph, Murph. And I'm like, great, Murph. I want a big plush rock talk and yes. I want to have naps with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one thing that does bother me that I shouldn't is that her size is very inconsistent. Oh. <laughs> yeah. One yeah. moment she's like a head taller than everyone else. And then like, I think it was the most recent episode. It was one of the last, the few latest episodes. There's a moment where, I think it was the latest one. There's a moment where they're, I think it's Doll falls and they're climbing up together. Oh, one yes, together, yeah. That's... And she catches him in one hand. And then the next scene, she's like a foot taller, two feet taller. <laughs> I guess that's that little, stretching things a little cartoon physics a little. Yeah. yeah. Is she Hulk where like she can change size? <laughs> she's like she Hulk where she can just do it at will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Minor grievance. Yes, yeah. very minor nitpick there. Yeah. <laughs> <At that time>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the Simpsons episode of Are we Are we supposed to expect that this is some kind of magical xylophone? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Why do I not know that one? The itchy and scratchy convention and the nerd says, oh, the when, nerds you play who are like, itchy, right. when you play itchy, scratchy's <laughs> uh, ribs like a like a xylophone, right. you struck the same rib twice and it produced two clearly distinct tones. Yeah. <laughs> are we supposed to imagine this is some sort of magical xylophone? In case we needed more proof that Star Trek fans were Simpsons writers. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they know. Yeah. <laughs> But they're each character on the show has gone through growth also, which in how many, I mean, 12 episodes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's actually yeah. amazing. It, it feels like more, especially because they're 30 minutes. They're short. Right. Yeah. Less yeah. than 30 minutes. Yeah. It's a huge feat really for the, of the writing that they did that. I must say. We haven't talked about Gwyn that much, but I think she's, she's another one that <clears throat> she might be the oldest of the group in a way. It's mm-hmm. hard. To, it's hard to say. Like you were saying, for example, Jankum Jen- might technically be the oldest. Like the yeah, oldest. he's like. But as far man. as like yeah. emotional maturity and like kind of who's been through the kind of shit, it feels like Gwen's the oldest. In that well, because Jankum's gonna still be like that in fifty years. Oh yeah, Jankum's Jankum exactly. <laughs> right, and yeah. Gwen is you know she yeah she does she's the most sophisticated. Yeah, and she's been way. through a lot, of course. Like G figuring out that um, her father design whatever it is because we're still not exactly sure like what she is but it seems almost like she's genetically engineered offspring of his we're still not sure exactly right like well we so. did see tubes in the the whole like where he said oh that's right so we do her. know that, that yeah he was essentially engineering yeah her. he yeah. said like we have to create a progeny and it was like a whole 
I don't even yeah. know what voice I was doing because he sounds nothing like that. Um, well, no, I don't you know, can't do John Noble, though, so, I can't yeah. do John Noble. No, who can? But, no, no, and what am I doing? But anyway, yeah. he, sa- <laughs> <laughs> he said something about how, like, it's You're forbidden right. to create a progeny, but we have to do it anyway. And he made Dreadnought stick these tubes in him. That's right. They don't ever explain. Yeah. We haven't learned yet really why, right? Right. We don't know why. I mean, and there's a whole part well, we that... sort of... We do. Do you? Well, I guess we do in a sense, but let's talk about that because there's a huge kind of timey-wimey thing that's just lurking kind of in the peripheral, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Of it like, got kind of confusing in the first Yeah, step. it actually is kind of confusing, which which they're going to have to come back to it at some point soon-ish. I hope, just to, they're doing it better know. now because I think the timelines are merging. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But I mean, so let's see. What's, what's the mind-bending like recap here, right? So, so the... Um, Diviners from the future. He's from yes. the future, and th- and thus so is the protostar. Technically, not necessarily as far in the future, but it's also from out of time somewhere. Yeah, right? but not necessarily from the same time that the diviners no. from. They're both from right. the future. They're both future. from different right. points. Yeah, exactly. They're both from different points, and so that's weird, right? <laughs> um, supposedly. It's at some point somehow this first contact with the diviners people the vow the was von Kott or whatever the vow, it is. Von Kott. Well, hold von on, Kott. let me back up a step. Goes totally wrong, right? Because the protostar. <laughs> I know. Here we go. The, Your okay. brain's gonna hurt. Because yeah. I know, I remember thinking I've totally forgotten. Like I remember being like, <laughs> "Oh, I think I too. get it," but I forget. Yeah. So, like right now, current episode, latest episode that's out, right? Mm-hmm. Janeway is hot on the trail. Right. Of the protostar, so th- that is happening. The things we've seen in that's current, not right. season that's two, all current. are all current. So Correct. the protostar existed yes. in our timeline, like earlier. So a few years before, yeah. So mm-hmm. remind me how it's from the future. Like, did it go? Is it a future version of the protostar that's come back? Was it the protostar? So I know. Here's what I remember. It's so terrible. That I, I've seen so maybe each episode five hundred times. The protostar is not. So the diviner. Maybe it's says that f- okay. that after first contact things go yes. badly, like yes. not that day, but like after that. So years right. pass, and yeah. the whole planet is now mm-hmm. at war, destroyed, gone, whatever. So mm-hmm. they've—he's the last of his kind, and he's been sent back to the past to use the protostar as a weapon against the Federation. To use that okay, thingy that's, that there they put go. in the so, protostar, yeah. Right. So okay. it's like so, the virus thingy is from the future, probably. Yes. Yeah, I think they've even said that. Oh, it's future technology. It's future tech, basically. Right. Which is why they which can't is why get they out can't of it. Yeah, can't get rid it. of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. I had forgotten. See, I think you're confused because there were there were flashbacks or yes. forward. I'm not even sure well, of Protostar like at different times. Yeah, and I'm also remembering very early conversations like Tony and Lauren. I had about possible theories way before we knew anything else. <laughs> and at one point, way early on, we thought maybe the Protostar was also from the future. Like but, law, and it got lodged in you know Tara Zamora for some anomaly and yada yada. Which we still don't know how that. We still don't know how happened, that landed right. up there. Yeah, and yeah, what happened? To and what happened to Chakotay? Yeah, and where's Chakotay? Yeah, we except the Dreadnought was coming in. That's all we know, right? That little oh, glimpse of Dreadnought coming off. in. Yeah, in the log entry. Dreadnought. So we'll see a Dreadnought again, I guess. Somehow, someday. he's still in the credits, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, like yes, what? He is. What? Where did we leave off with him? Is he basically? Is he like a Wayun? Like you can't kill him? <laughs> well, well I that's think, what we're not sure, right? Can I, he produce more? I think he can like reassemble, like on the other mm-hmm. side of the galaxy, kind of a deal, right? Well, they, so here's the thing: the Diviner reassembles him once, right? Like he gets reassembled once, but then right. or whatever his head gives messages or whatever. <laughs> but so in the game, I played the game. Mm-hmm. And in the game, he says that he was reassembled, that he was found and reassembled. Dun, dun, dun. Not canon. Not canon, but no. could come up in the show. Possibly. But semi-canonical in the sense that it was written by one of the Prodigy writers. And stuff, yes. Not canon. So. It's not no, canon. No, not technically canon. But I'm just saying it's probably likely that they <laughs> yeah. will back That's that their up. idea. That they'll go they with, it. with. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's not quite like a Wayun. He just can be rebuilt. Right. Right. We'll I was see. thinking that they could build like a new body and transfer his consciousness into it, kind of a thing, so that it's still the same. That might be, I mean, it's sort of academic in a way. I want yeah. his origin story. Like, I want to know the whole deal with Dreadnought. Maybe he's what... also from the future. 
that he came is, back right? with. He was with the diviner. He was like his guy. So what's hmm, his? I just right. but like we don't know, right? Do we know that they came back together? Or did they meet there and we're like, let's team up for evil? Well, no, because they he's always like serving him and doing all the stuff for him. And he made the he made the tubes with the liquid, and then he <laughs> and he runs the 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 his colony, the packs. whole thing. He's yeah, yeah. so. But I want, I need, to, I really want to know more about that whole yeah. story. Yeah, you know, I've they, sort of forgotten all about that. And they have such interesting actors playing both of those roles that yeah. I'm like, you really could do whatever you want with them because they're both so good. I'm yeah. so glad that the character, I was worried when I saw that it was John Noble and Jimmy Simpson that they would have relatively minor roles and then they would like establish some evil thing and then we'd never hear from them again. But like, especially John Noble, well, both of them actually have had a ton of stuff to do and it seems like they're gonna keep being main characters so yeah i was happy about that yeah i mean i mean they rescue the diviner of course in this new second half of the season so it's like oh well we're definitely not rid of him (laughs) yeah so no and i guess it raises the question can you save someone after they've been driven mad by a medusin well yeah that's a really good special liquid in tubes (laughs) right Uh you can't It's like the con blood. Liquid. Oh, God. Yeah. Con oh. blood. Maybe that's what's in the tubes. It's white, though. <laughs> it's the con blood. I thought it was blue. Uh, well, or it's I don't the know. maybe the tubes are blue. Maybe the tubes are blue. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good theory. Maybe it's Add the that con's the plasma. <laughs> no, none of the red blood cells, just the plasma. Just the right. plasma. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that is a good question. You heard it here first. I know. But that is a good question because, of course, the Diviner is in the state that he's in because Zero unleashed himself like on the Diviner to save Gwyn. Although, as we know, that sort of backfired a little, but Gwyn is slowly regaining her memory. Yeah, Gwyn um, only got the reflection. Right. True. Yeah. So, but the Diviner's brain is scrambled so, for whatever well, that's worth. One thing I was confused about, so the, the this most recent episode... Um, let sleeping borg lie is the most recent Mm -hmm. episode at the time of this taping um and i remember watching it and being like wait where is the diviner because the last time we saw him he was in the holodeck question mark like scratching stuff on the ground i didn't understand where he went after the zero thing he went mad and then it showed him like being crazy and i thought he was maybe either in like a brig or in like a like how did no, he get he off was, the protostar? Didn't they? Did they leave him they on Tars, him Tars, Lamora? Tars Lamora? Yeah, yeah they oh, left him on Tars oh, oh, Lamora. Okay, he's I like scratching that. in the in like the gravel. He's scratching like on the, the ground. I was like, is right. this still mm-hmm. the holodeck? No. Okay, I was confused. So, so that's I, that's how that's how the real Janeway, like Admiral Janeway, tracks the protostar to Tars Lamora, finds him oh, there. Oh right, it's like who's this dude? You know, yeah, in, and in just a mess. Right, like the place is a mess, and he's there. And then someone on Twitter, I think, pointed out that the thing he's drawing. Is like the symbol on the weapon on the proto star or something like that. Yes, that's right. He's like, like well, he's, you know how like the crazy thing the is like weird a big spinning shape of it, shape yeah. like Taurus thing. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically like designing that in the ground. It's like an evil donut. Like, a, yeah, yes. <laughs> Made it's of so sad blades. to think a donut could be evil. Blades. Blades. It's true. It looks like blades. But yeah, the, so he's on Tars Lamora, which is where they find him. They find him, and they yeah. so they obviously. I mean, That's what right. I what I'm loving about this storyline, as the two Janeways are heading towards conflict with each other, mm-hmm. is that you totally. And this is like my favorite thing TV ever does, is you totally understand two completely opposing points of view. Mm. And so Admiral Janeway, you add up all the things that she's seen, and of course she thinks he's a victim. He knows that Chakotay, you know, like the, he's the key mm-hmm. to finding Chakotay. And true. he was on some decimate, like war devastated place and right. left on his own. And so to her, he's maybe he can help her, but he needs her help. And so and someone stole that ship. And right. so the more she finds out, the more she's going to think that it's and bad. She shows on up the at ship. the star base and it's been decimated. Yep. Not yep. a good look for the kiddos. Right. No. Right. And so I love that they're going to come into conflict, but you're not going to think one's a jerk. Okay. Other right. question, very much related to this. 
guy who was on the not a starbase, but it's a communications relay. Yes. yes. Guy, where is he? I thought he was going to get picked up by Janeway's ship because he left in a uh, escape pod. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. yeah, that's right. Because there's nothing around, pod. so he has to hoping to be get picked up. So presumably he's letting off some kind of emergency beacon. To so get yeah, picked it's, up. presumably yeah. the Dauntless picked him up, but yeah, we don't know that. Someone's <laughs> gonna find like. But then I mean, they, Tony that guy, and I talked about this too. Like someone is gonna find like we'll we'll find out. I feel like it's someone. That story's not done because that guy mm. like at the end of their interaction was like, "You tricked me." Yeah, which is exactly right. So what he he's only got. Say. Sorry, he's only got bad things to say. Exactly. Also. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. So the combination of all that—that's just adding to the pile. Like you were saying with Janeway's, from her point of view, it's not looking good for our heroes. No, right. Well, especially because they realize that they now can't even accept hails. Right, they have to basically ignore everything and run away. Can they away not from... even use communicate? Like they can't. They can't. Right. They can't open a hail. Yeah, because it immediately wants to download. Like that virusy stuff. Oh yeah, but I guess they didn't try hailing the communications relay, did they? Right. They just bartered. Right, it. they just showed up yeah. <laughs> to the tube. But um, <laughs> can they like send the a? Tube. Can they like send a? Like, a, can they write it on a piece of paper? And That's push what it I was going to say. That's, like, yeah, can they they're going to have to, right? Like, can they leave a they note? They can't like, leave a digital. note. They can't leave a buoy, no. right? Because that could be infected with the virus. But they could legit like yeah, write it on a piece of paper. Write a piece or of paper. Yeah. Tell some people on a planet. Who then tell them when they come visit. Like, uh, there are right. ways right. around it if you can get oh. off the ship. Get off the ship, use someone else's camcorder to record yourself explaining <laughs> right. the whole yes. situation, yeah. and then yeah. use the photon tube to shoot the, the VHS tape at the Donalus. <laughs> this, this explains everything. Yes. Okay, we're. <laughs> yeah. But somewhere in there, there are ways around that problem. <laughs> definitely, so, but so I also, it out. I definitely feel like these writers are tr- are thinking through everything, and I. Oh, know, they are. It's, it's clear so funny because even the really other Star Trek shows it. that I love, because I enjoy, I pretty much enjoy almost everything, not absolutely everything, but I still am always like, will the writers remember that they did that with some of the other shows? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and here you you're know, like, just, I think they will. Here I feel very confident that these guys really seem to yeah. be on it. Yeah, these this writer room, writers room is really on it. It's and true. I don't mean to knock the others because I actually enjoy so much of the other stuff. But this is the one show where I am. La- I I never am worried. It's less <laughs> chaotic. Yeah, the writing. Yeah, everything is thought. Th- I mean, lower decks maybe also like they plan everything so carefully because of animation and how long it takes and how hard mm-hmm. it is. So maybe they they're probably doing the same thing of really trying to make yeah. sure things are so thoroughly mapped out because they pay off stuff from seasons past on Lower Decks. Yes, they have. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Although, and it's, I mean, both Lower Decks and Prodigy are very serialized, but I would say Prodigy is much more strongly serialized if you just, mm-hmm. like, on the spectrum of how serialized is a serialized show, um, there's a lot more episodic nature to Lower Decks, which I think allows yes. them to play fast and loose with we don't ever have to remember what happened in this episode because it might not come up again. So right. there's a little more freedom in that way. Like not everything has to connect back to something else because it's just a thing that happened. I was right. trying to figure out if there are other serialized shows for kids other than, let's say, the Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, Avatar, the Avatar franchise. Oh, okay. Avatar, Last Airbender, and The Legend of Korra. Those were kind of same age group as, I would say, especially with Avatar as a Prodigy. And was yeah. and also had similar like that. I'm a huge fan of that of that franchise, and so when Prodigy was announced, I was like, I hope this can be something like that. And I feel like it's a merge between like the Star Wars style of stuff and the storytelling style of Avatar in that sense of the serialized nature and following this group of kids, ragtag group of kids as they travel around the world and um, you know try to figure themselves out and learn these lessons and hold each other up and stuff so yeah i'm i'm really psyched about it because of that yeah aspect. it's also the dialogue is so good that i laugh out loud multiple times and they're really able to switch quickly between like some jo- i mean like the borg when it's zero it's like you're a chatty bunch i think he says to the Borg. yeah yeah <laughs> like there's so many or sorry zeros are they they say to the borg um i just want to so- call them a she because a woman's zero? voice right no. no. That's a dude. 
it's a dude. voice actor is a Angus Emery is his name. But he's being but he's being like a kid. He's sort of falsetto a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's a very to that. me it's a very feminine voice, but I always no, say I always say he but it's they. It's they. they. Yeah. yeah, zero's a they. Right? And is that canonical or is that just zero's genderless? Canonical. Yeah, do they oh, yeah, say yeah. they? Do they use yes. they? Oh, yeah. He, and the first episode, he goes, they call a themselves he, they. not a she, but a they. <laughs> like, they okay, I couldn't remember if they had established yes, and, and it. And they call themselves they, and everyone pronouns. calls them they. Yeah. But okay. I keep, I mean, I just said it now. I said, he said, and it's just a I say she also. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's, I don't, I feel like zero would forgive me. <laughs> but Zero uh, would. Yeah. Zero knows. But Zero's so funny. Jankum's so funny. They all get funny lines. And the dialogue is just so fast and great and real. It all feels very real. Yeah. Well, like, you know, to go back to Jankum, right? I, I love the, of course, he finds out when they go to try to, you know, asylum and they're scanning them. Of course, he finds out that, oh, surprise, the Tellarites were a founding me- member of the Federation. And so he's like, oh, so I'm royalty. You yeah. Know? Just goes on a little ego trip about that as if he needed his ego stroked more. But it's just. It's just, it's just perfect, you know. So it's like, of and, course he did. And you know? he says, he says it all in the third person. So yeah, whenever was, I'm royalty, I was about <laughs> to say, Jankum's pronouns are Jankum, yes. Jankum, yes. Jankum, Jankum, and Pog, and Jankum Pog. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jankum, Jankum Pog. That would be yeah. his Twitter bio. Yes. Exactly. And and now he thinks he's royalty, so you know. Right. Sir, Sir Jenkin Pog or something. <laughs> yeah. no. Founding Court member. Jester, maybe. Founding member. Yeah. So. Well, and if the two ships, uh, when the two ships do meet, he's going to meet another Tellarite. Yes. Oh, a very different yeah. one, too, at that. Yeah. An especially cranky one. Yeah. Yes. Weird choice for a doctor, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> cranky no doctors are back, manner. though, if you go yeah. by Lower Decks and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, bones a little yeah, bit. Like... No, but bones, if you were the patient, yeah. you would be like, you would yeah. feel very cared for exactly. and protected. Yeah. He has no time for BS when it comes to like around his patients. That's yes. true. Dealing, yeah. you know. It's like protective yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Pulaski's had that same vibe. Yeah. Right. But this yeah. Tellerite's like, I don't care. I don't give two You're shits about stupid. this guy. You might yeah. die. <laughs> yeah you're all stupid yeah i can't goes. believe actually like what he said to the wait she was she an ensign or lieutenant oh, Asensia? yeah the, what does yeah. he say he's it like was he's pretty, basically I being like pretty that's some rude. boot licking that you we're gonna be taking orders from you soon and like in front of her he says oh, this to yeah. her in front of the admiral yeah. like if i was admiral janeway i'd be like you're completely out of line never speak to her again that way I don't care if you're Tellerite and you're cranky. I was going to say, I guess that's the whole Tellerite thing. I don't, yeah. I don't care. It's yeah, yeah. I didn't love that. Mm-mm. I did not. I, I was mostly mad that Janeway didn't say, "Dude, WTF? Not cool." Yeah, yeah. Because that's what that's what we have to do: bystander intervention, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah agree. It's true, it's true. I mean, she was standing there holding Janeway's tea. Is the only thing that I will say. <laughs> to counter that <laughs> yeah but, but like, i i agree i agree and she is smart and she was smart. right she and came, the doctor was she wrong, was right so yeah she sucks. was right bottom line yeah. she was right we hate you. Right. but we'll see i mean that's all i feel like gonna be as we get to get these characters more and i really like that we're not seeing too much of them too quickly because i feel like with a show that's so short i don't want to take a lot of time away from my main characters yeah yeah good point it is crazy, like it, that, how short it is, because it feels like it's been so much more. It feels like it's, we've seen so many more episodes, or so much longer. Like there's been a lot of a lot that's happened, and it doesn't feel rushed. I think the timing is one thing. The pacing is one thing I yeah. really like about the show. The pacing is amazing. They slow. They they pack it in, but I feel like everything gets to breathe at the same time. Yeah. And it's like so gorgeous to look at at the same time. So you're mm-hmm. taking in like all of these things. I don't know how they do it, man. I have to admit, sometimes I'm a little. It's the humans are a little bit jarring yeah. to me. I mean, like it's very in a much polar that, express kind of way. Yeah, and the, like well, in the Star, it's very the Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's animated it's a Clone stuff, Wars Clone Wars yeah. style, with like very mm-hmm. angular faces, and it just mm-hmm. like reminds me of old video games. <laughs> They're made out of yeah, like, I, their faces like. A, five polygons 
I prefer the aliens yeah. in general. I think it's because yeah, it's that definitely. uncanny valley thing. It's like we know what a human's supposed to look like. And that is like a caricature of a human. Especially right. when it's like well, Janeway. Like we know what Janeway yeah, looks like. Yeah, I was going to say, like. and we yeah. definitely know what Janeway looks like. Right, yeah. And Chicote. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. I feel like they made him too tall, but maybe I'm just misremembering his height. <laughs> he seemed really tall when he stood next to Janeway in the holodeck simulation she was running. Yeah, yeah, actually. You're right. That did seem kind of I did think extreme. it was kind of weird that she was in there running that simulation. Yes. That seemed like an odd, weirdly obsessive <laughs> that, thing to be doing. That's a, well, I mean, well, she's there's, been your, obsessive. there's your... Yeah, there's your fodder for like the Chakotay Janeway shippers, though. She's like obsessing over and him. she is obsessing over him like she's she literally is, yeah. chasing him to the ends of the galaxy right looking for him i also found that a little odd that he was all like oh don't worry like i'll have a copy of you with me that's the only that way i'd was... go her 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 like okay okay be your own person like, yeah, yeah i had like... the same thought like dude got the apron strings buddy he <laughs> was always the one pursuing her anyway and she was always like listen it's not gonna happen <laughs> well but he built her a tub. I know, and it still didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it still didn't happen. <laughs> it almost Jamie happened. Still... That was the closest they came, yeah. and then it didn't happen. And then a damn so... monkey got in the way. And <laughs> she was far more interested in that monkey. Anyway. And we won't talk about, we won't talk any further about the potential ramifications for Chakotay being on a ship in the middle of nowhere with a hologram of a woman that he pursued for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i didn't even think about that mm-hmm. <laughs> Just what happened. i mean the they... stays on the holodeck right and yeah. we know some of her memory's been erased i was just gonna say she, her program's been altered already we know that right oh no <laughs> he's like this cannot go into the permanent into my permanent starfleet record we're just gonna pretend this right. never happened Oh boy. There's still so much to pack in. I feel like we could still do two more hours going into different aspects of the show because there's so many pieces of it. Well, there is one, at least one thing I would like to talk about. And forgive me if this feels like beating a dead horse because I know we talk about this a lot offline, um, mm-hmm. meaning off the podcast, off pod, um, <laughs> online, but off pod, um, merchandising, <laughs> merchandising. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, oh, yeah, I think we have to talk about it because it feels like we an should. elephant in the room that the elephant just keeps getting fatter and the room keeps getting smaller and no one can ignore the elephant anymore. Let's, let's start with the fact that if you go to the official site, all the shirts that have characters on them are only in kid sizes. Oh, like, is that right? I haven't yeah. even looked. Oh, That's just dude. the very beginning of like what's available, which is so limited that they're like logo shirts for adults, but I can't, they don't have like a nice big rock talk shirt for me Hmm. yeah that's interesting also kind of dumb Um, i mean it seems like this is the number one show that has potential for a ton of merchandising totally this is like where the toy should come from this is the plushes and wind-ups wind-up zero I just really want to wind up zero Uh i can't stand it wind up jankum like i i love zero I love wind-up toys, and I just think that would be so. You mean the fun. kind that like walk on the yeah, table? like you wind them up and they walk, and they kind of yeah. like like waddle. Yeah, I like those, oh, and yeah. I like. I feel like That'd they should use the Pee Wee Herman toy example. Like all the stuff from Pee Wee's Playhouse was fantastic, and that was such a good model. And they had sets and fi- let's just say I had a wind-up magic screen and some other things, but um. <laughs> You know, and they all looked really, really great, and they were movable and fun, and that's what I want. Like, how cool would it have been to 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 have like Halloween costumes for some of them? Yes, yeah. Like Gwen with her her weapon thing thingy. I don't even want to call it a weapon. The like the heirloom metallic yeah. heirloom mm-hmm. thing is so cool. I love it I so much. I love how organic it looks. I love how it can form different stuff. Oh, it's so creative, and I love that it's so new. Of a like, I haven't seen that in Trek before. I love how new and fresh it is. Yeah, I mean, I think they can't do. They have to wait and see how it catches on with kids. Because I'm gonna, I'm, I don't know the breakdown of the audience yet. 
but maybe it has to have been on for a while before. Like, I don't think kids are, it's taking kids by storm. And so sure. they're running out looking for costumes. I'm just thinking that a Gwyn, no, a Gwyn like weapon thingy, yeah. arm thingy would be cool. Make Agreed. that out of plastic. 3D print that. It is cool. It just made me go and look too that you know the the playmates action figures were supposed to be out, and in theory they were supposed to be out in October. Oh, that when happened when they were first announced. So what happened? Yeah. Hmm. And These are more... uh, the Prodigy mm-hmm. line of choice. Yeah. Yeah, there was supposed to be a Dal, and for some reason they have Murph coming with Dal, which I don't know why he's a bonus there. That's not who he should be with, but whatever. Maybe so that you have to buy Rock Talk separately. Yeah. And weirdly, Rock is the person that they were, so were coming in uh, 2023, but it's supposedly in late 2022, everyone else, well, not the Diviner. They didn't make an act, Diviner actually. Everyone but, except for Rock? Why is she going to left out? I don't know. Is Rock's bigger or something? I don't know. What? But in theory, right now, they were supposed to have a Daw, Gwen, a Jankum, um, Hologram, Janwe, and Zero, and then supposedly Rock, like, early next year, but I don't see that. That's not out. Yeah. Oh, Rock, trapped and mm. lost in time again. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I don't know what's happened with any of that stuff. There has no. not been an update. That was their initial announcement way back in like, yeah. February, so I don't know what happened. And I just, there's so many more things that they could make. You well, know? and related... Oh, yeah. Can we, can we, I know this isn't Prodigy, but can we please talk about the Starship is landing? Because this <laughs> is related. It is related because that was a lame attempt to try and get merch going. So yeah. for those of you who are unaware, who are blissfully unaware of this, there was a whole congratulations and apologies yeah. for making you not aware of it anymore. <laughs> um, there was a whole line of merchandise that started coming out around Star August, Trek Day. Yeah, yeah, it was oh, around yeah. Star Trek yeah. Day. And then they were releasing like one a week. Or something from the series and they they released this thing they sent an email you know if you i subscribe to like the starstrek.com mailer thing i get this email this big splash banner that says the starship is landing i'm like okay that's weird because that's not like a thing like it's no, not a thing that people say and, like most starships don't land and then you click on it and go to the the shop and it's a bunch of merch that says the starship is landing on it like a mug and a shirt and people were online going like, "What? What is this? Like, are they going to slowly reveal what it means over the coming weeks? Like for Star Trek Day, didn't mention mm-hmm. it at Star Trek Day because until... it doesn't mean anything, right? And so everyone's yeah. like, Spoiler okay. alert. they didn't reveal anything. The next and week or nothing. maybe the week after Star Trek Day, <laughs> they come up with the second like edition of this that says, "This is, it gets even better. The Enterprise is landing." Which is insane. The Enterprise well, talking about the TOS land. Enterprise. No. It no. doesn't land. So I'm like, the only thing I can think that happened, and this is, the reason I bring this up is because, like, meanwhile, people are literally online screaming, can I please have a Murph plush? Can I please have <laughs> these toys? The Playmates yeah. toys? Can I please have all this stuff? And they're doing, there's some intern who got onto the PR team and they were like, make us something cool. And they're like, I don't really know anything about Star Trek. Like, this seems cool. And everyone up the chain was like, yes, print it. I don't know. I don't have any other explanation. I don't think it's ever an intern. So I, I, they just don't get to make, like, social is such a big deal right now that it's, the intern is not the one who's like coming up with the, unless the intern is like, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Let me do something. And then they present it. Who's but somewhere, some senior person is has decided hey, that this is that? good. Yeah, like yeah. a senior person signed off. On so it, it either came it, from the lowest level or the highest level, right? So yeah. like, you're, that's the only possible explanation, right? So it came. You're saying it came from like a high level. Well, because we know there, somebody signed off on it. We know there are people marketing Star Trek things that know Star Trek. We know there are a ton of them. We know that. Yeah, there's no shortage. So that's, that's why it doesn't makes sense because what is that in the middle of every i mean the funny thing is i know kayla you are one of these people but a couple of people like bought stuff so that they'd have it for posterity i bought the mug because <laughs> it's so weird it's i mean it's wonderful how weird it is but i just i yeah. want to know how it came to be like it shouldn't exist that's why i bought nope. the mug because it yeah. by all accounts should not exist right it, it and everybody made fun of it i think I heard the Inglorious Tech Trexperts I haven't listened yet, but did like a whole thing. Oh yeah, about they it did. Too. They spent yeah. fifteen minutes trying to be like, what the hell is this? You know? Did they have a I wanna know what their explanation was? 
they don't have one either. It it's the same kind of thing that ours is, which is this is a knucklehead thing, basically. It's yeah, amazing. It doesn't make any sense, and it's especially not when luck. there's there's so much other stuff they could make. So it's and 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 also. Like, just Star Trek merchandising on a whole. I also like cheap stuff. Like, give me stickers and, like, things that don't cost a fortune yes. to get. I love, I have, like, Star Trek floaty pens that I love and things like that. I like practical things and, and I like cheap things. Yeah, notebooks are great. I love those. You know, you can buy them on Amazon now, those fantastic black uh, moleskins that are Star Trek themed with Kirk on mm-hmm. them. And- you know, there's so many fun things you can do that d- it doesn't always have to be like a $500 model. Seriously. And these are toy, you know, make them toys. It's so fun. Well, I hope that we get some more of that soon. I mean, like you said, Matt, maybe it's part, or maybe it was Lori, you said this, forgive me, about how it's like, well, we have to see how well it does before we invest in all this merchandise. Maybe that's the strategy that they're playing is like, Let's yeah, because so there's more demand I mean, built at up this point, the show. I feel like they're like Strange New Worlds would also be able to sell merchandise for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and there's so much visually you could do with that. And for sure, Lower Decks could have a ton of stuff too. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are lots of opportunities there, but whatever, whoever's making those decisions is looking at numbers and trying to figure it out, I guess. Yeah. And I was in, I was in a comic book shop the other day, and I did buy a Trek thing. I bought a miniature Gorn plush, TOS style Gorn. Nice TOS style Gorn, yeah. um, and it's adorable. <laughs> and I hadn't I think I hadn't seen it before. That's why I was like, "This is amazing! It's adorable. I haven't seen it before." And sixteen dollars, get in my cart. Um, but I noticed as I was walking around, Star Wars, 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 Star Wars. There's the Trek thing. Oh yeah, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we need to be like Star Wars or that we're ever gonna be like Star Wars, but it's depressing when there's like how many? What is it? Five or six? I don't even know. Star Trek shows on right now, and there's like, no, well, and the Gorn was TOS. It wasn't from a modern show. There wasn't a single thing no, from one of the modern shows know. in that whole shop. Yeah. Star Wars, it was baked in from the get-go because George Lucas was so smart about marketing that when the studio didn't think there was any money to be made in marketing, he was he was like, okay, I'm I'm going to license everything. And he yeah. got so rich doing that because he immediately, yeah. immediately recognized the value of that. And obviously we know Gene Roddenberry was trying to milk every dollar out of, you know, like selling stills and slides and all kinds of crazy things. But the Star Trek's always been behind on that stuff yeah it really has although i have a whole shelf of 90s star trek things behind the (laughs) 90s was was when everything sort of gelled it's true like that's you know the heyday of playmates for example yeah Mm -hmm. those were awesome i had a ton of them (laughs) maybe i still do yeah So I'm just waiting for the Prodigy stuff, basically, because then I will set aside some cash for Same. that or put it on all my Christmas lists, even though I don't make Christmas lists. I feel like I it's not one. like if it was coming out for Christmas, it would have been out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would well, my birthday's in March. So, okay. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll get Christmas in July. So, you know, the CBS Paramount licensing people get on it. Oh, know. and you know what? Actually, Aaron Welke, the showrunner, had sent me a link when I was complaining about this on twitter like i think it's i wish i could remember i think it's forbidden planet in the uk somewhere has adult size character t-shirt oh interesting yeah i used to live right near but only in the uk huh yeah not even the one i mean there's one in new york but they don't have them so yeah well it's originally from the uk right so yes like like the forbidden planet shop is in Right, so they're the ones that have them. I just, you know, when you add shipping and currency and whatever, then oh yeah, it's it's way expensive. This is really a tangent, but I can't not tell the story. So, um, I lived in the UK when I was doing my PhD, and my husband, you know, boyfriend at the time, also moved out there to do his PhD in London or his master's in London, and um, we had just moved there, trying to figure everything out. And he ordered online off, I want to say Think Geek, which is not around anymore. Oh. I think oh, it was yeah. Thinky. Mm-hmm. He ordered a keychain. It was a little pewter um, Serenity from Firefly and a keychain. Mm-hmm. And it was like seven bucks or something, right? And then this like postal person shows up at our flat 
with this package for him like a month later and like a form that's like you owe us VAT. So VAT is a thing called value added tax, which um, right. which is like what they charge. That's what they charge on taxes. So you're like, they, they're like, you owe this VAT like import duty. And it was like yep. 30 pounds, I want to say, which <laughs> oh, time was man. like $50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy and we we're broke at this point because we had used all of our savings to move out there and we were like waiting to the next paycheck so we could buy sheets for the bed like that kind of deal and this guy comes to the thing is like you owe us $50 and I hear this thing going on at the door and then he comes in with this box and like what happened and he explains it to me and I'm like you just paid it and he's like I didn't know what to do <laughs> like and this is you know we're in a foreign country he's like I don't know if I can just say no so he paid and he was so angry about it but the best part of it is there was a forbidden planet. We lived in Cambridge and there's a forbidden planet in Cambridge. And we discovered it. And we were in there for the first time. And I go, Andy, look what they have. <laughs> yeah, oh, the same keychain. Uh... And it was like five pounds. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, so he could have paid like the eight bucks <laughs> yeah. out of his pocket. It's straight up and it would have been fine. I think he yeah. still has the keychain though. So, you know. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that keychain cost him a pretty penny. Like, Yeah. yeah he got a, he's got his worth out of it. But yeah, so don't maybe buy the one from the UK because it might cost you like $100 <laughs> yeah. for that shit. Yeah. But it was nice of him to tell me about it because I was like, where are the t-shirts? I mean, I didn't love the designs anyway so far. I'm waiting for better designs too. But where well, are the, maybe the we can things find a the fan that wants something from the US and y'all can trade. <laughs> you can go buy your right. shirt and you can buy them something that you can only get in the US yeah. and you can do a little trade. <laughs> Lori at trickmovie.com, hit her up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just make a rock shirt and well, put yeah, it on I mean, like, I, you know, some I mean, site where happened. I can buy it. Yeah. Before it gets I mean, taken that, down that's what's seals. happened is is people are making their own Murph yeah. and Rock plushies. You can you can see photos of them. But yeah, I think it's like better. mostly for personal use because if you sell them, oh yeah, it's personal use. Yeah. Oh, there have been adorable things that people have made that they send to the actress and she posts them. They're oh, so cute. That's so cool. They're so uh, like little rock tuck things that are just adorable oh, to, uh, little knit ones. To and, Riley, yeah, I yeah. Knit rock mm-hmm. tuck. I wonder if that's fair use enough that they could charge for that because it's if it's knit, right? I don't know. I That's the gray area so. of lots of yeah. Etsy things. Like maybe. Yeah. You know. I mean, it'd be one thing if they were like 3D printing something that was like using the model that looked exactly, you know what I mean? Like that's clearly not fair use. But if you're creating a pattern, a knit pattern yourself based after a character, it seems kind of fair use to me. Well, maybe the character is what makes everybody want it. And that's yeah, not the part it that is. you came up with. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, they need to get on that as the short version. Please, <laughs> sum up thirty minutes of. I know. I'm sorry. We they need to get on that. that. We talked about this yeah. for a long time, but on it's that. like, like yeah. I said, it's the elephant in the room. I think a lot of people are thinking about it and have been for months. Oh yeah, for I mean, the second it debuted, it was like, where, where to plush? Stuff. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, and Murph, you know that a plush Murph would sell out. In I oh. mean, they made a little one and gave them at a Comic Con, yeah. which they made I a, missed. Yeah. Um, and but, it was uh, exclusive and it was tiny as like yeah very small yeah, but it still wasn't very... would have been a good friend for little Riker it would have been perfect oh my god it <laughs> would be like the right yeah, size maybe just a little so, big actually but I'm so bummed about that but that they did but then they're not selling them which doesn't make any sense because that 100% would sell mm-hmm. yeah it was just like a limited little run of them yeah yeah but sell Bummer. them. And then I want um, Christmas tree ornaments. Yeah, Hallmark <laughs> ornaments. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that would be great. I would buy those. Yep. I wouldn't buy Strange New Worlds merch when you guys were like, oh, that'd be perfect. I was like, nah, I just want Prodigy. I don't really want anything I, else. I think a lot of people would get Strange New Worlds stuff. I yeah, think you think? Ships and figures. I think those characters are so popular. I think if they had them in their costumes from the crazy costume episode, like I feel like there's stuff that they could do because I think the show was a more inst- is a pretty big instant hit. Well, I think we need to maybe we need to do a podcast on that because like I could talk for a while. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on, um, you know, the mass level of mass appeal. Because we can't know, because none of those numbers are released, right, really? But just from our own personal sort of social media type gauges and things like that, like, in my mind, Prodigy has the potential to have much more mass appeal than Strange New Worlds. 
Yeah, yeah especially because Prodigy actually has aired on Nickelodeon, for example. So it breaks away from the streaming only a lot. And it doesn't rely on the TOS universe or the rest of the Trek universe the way that Strange New Worlds is really set in that inside that universe. I mean, what mm-hmm. I love... So Prodigy is a great entry point for anyone into the franchise. Like, and for yes, little kids, it's anyone. great. I mean, I do think Strange New Worlds is also actually an entry point. If you've never watched it, I just think they keep... And I won't get dwell on it, but they just keep packing in the old stuff where they should not and they should let it be its own thing and they won't mm-hmm. let it do I that. Agree. But, yeah. But prodigy you can come in fresh you can i love that the multi-generational thing and not just i mean it's like what kate mulgrew keeps talking about which is like you have kids who've never seen it before and adults who are being reminded of the show that they loved whichever iteration of star trek they loved Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there and it's all there and so it's such a great shared experience because you have both of these things going on in multiple levels and again without the cringe and worry like what are they going to do? Because it is a cartoon and it's so wildly different. And I think that is the perfect note to end on. We're good. Well, thank you guys for this discussion. I'm so glad we finally did a Prodigy episode in the second half of season one, <laughs> a year after it <laughs> debuted. Um, we were just, you know, we're just taking our time, just like the season, like the first season is. I mean, the first season's not even over, guys. Come on, get off our backs. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I'd love to, you know, do more on Prodigy as things go, do more on the other shows too. I don't think we've talked very much about Strange New Worlds. So there's still, there's a lot of, of stuff for us to cover. So I'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts on that and and the, the rest of the Yeah, I think we works. definitely have a Strange New Worlds t- discussion ahead of us for sure. Yeah. Great. Well, this has been awesome. I'm so looking forward to the rest of Prodigy Season 1. I hope you guys are too. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>